Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Yucca. And today we're going to talk about practices and developing a practice, carrying one on, keeping one fresh and alive, all those things about having a personal practice. Right. And we hope that there'll be a lot of useful ideas and information for people who are just starting, but also for people who have had a practice and are looking for ways to continue to develop that or kind of stay in the habit of it. Right. Because a practice is a wonderful thing to have. And it can also, if you're doing the same thing for months or years on end, it can also start to feel a little routine, a little stale. And there are things you can do to sort of blow yourself out of that normality, get out of the rut, and try some new things that can incorporate into your practice in really enlivening ways. So that's part of what we're going to talk about at the end of the program. Mm-hmm. But at first, let's start talking about developing a, pro- a a practice when you're first starting. Right. Right. When you come to atheopaganism or naturalistic paganism in some kind of sense, and you're like, okay, this cosmology totally works for me. Right. I'm a science based person, I'm a reason based person. You know, this evidence based approach to spirituality you know, really rings my bell. So now, what do I do about that? Well, okay, I'm going to celebrate these stations of holidays around the course of the year. That's great, Mm -hmm. right? That will help you to plug into the cycles of nature. And that's really what we're about, is about having a deep relationship with nature, understanding ourselves as organisms that are a part of nature. That's Mm -hmm. a great thing. What about day to day? You know, the the Sabbaths are seven, eight weeks apart, right? It's it's in at least for me, it's not enough to say, okay, every seven or eight weeks, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pay attention to nature. I, I need more than that. So mm-hmm. many people have a daily practice, or in some cases a monthly practice that's organized around the cycles of the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that a a really good place to start, and this is whether you're coming in fresh or have had a practice for a while, is to really do some some reflecting upon what, why? Why do you want this practice? What What is meaningful to you? What are your goals? What are you hoping to accomplish? Because it really is about what you are trying to get out of it, right? We don't have any gods looking down on us who want us to perform this special thing at this special time. It's No, what it, what is it for you? Why are you doing it for you? And that could be a lot of different things. And it's going to be different for, it's different for Mark and for me and for you. And it's going to be different at different points in our own lives. For sure. Because... Maybe your primary focus is your family unit, right? Maybe what you're trying to do is to create culture and and values for your family. Mm -hmm. And so demonstrating those and creating experiences that reinforce them is sort of the centerpiece, the, the core ethic of what you're seeking to accomplish. That's great, right? But that's going to be a practice that's about finding the right childhood stories, right? Mm -hmm. And creating the kinds of household observances that give you and your children and partners... Household members. Household members. Whoever they are, yeah. Yeah, the the kind of experience that reinforces the values and, and cosmology that you find really meaningful. So all of that is great. But in, on the other hand, you may be a solitary person. You may either be a solo person or someone who is partnered with someone that isn't interested 
in your path. And so you're doing this yourself and you're trying to find how do I do this in a way that continually fuels that sense of meaning mm -hmm. that I'm getting out of this practice of being an atheopagan or a naturalistic pagan. And some of that may be, okay, I'm engaging with people in the online communities. I'm reading stuff that's being distributed by the Ethiopian Society or, you know, various science writers or all that kind of stuff. But it can also be, how am I going to challenge myself to jump over some things that feel like hurdles for me? Mm -hmm. How am I going to make myself bigger? How am I going to stretch? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we're really about as atheopagans or naturalistic pagans is the, the affirmation of the self, right? Right. We're, we're not about telling you that you've got original sin and you're small and need to be fixed. Our ethic is entirely different. It's about you are glorious and golden. Mm -hmm. And we want you to bring the you that is you out into the world with as much visibility and vigor as you possibly can. And that's a radically different way of approaching things than the overculture wants you to approach them with. But at the same time, it's much healthier for you. Right. And... And your practice is also a way that you can build in health into your life, right? That self-care that and and thinking about how it feels to be you every day. So it's really an opportunity for you to to look at how you want to feel each day or each week or through the seasons and to work towards that. It's a tool for you to be able to feel the way and experience, have the type of experiences you want in your life. Yes. Yes. We have to remember that unlike many other religious paths, the point of our practice is happiness and self-actualization and to help make the world a better place. It's not about serving the edicts of some other power or some list of rules or any of that. So it's important in building your personal individual daily or weekly or monthly or whatever it is practice that you keep that in mind. How is this helping me to be happy? Mm -hmm. How is this bringing more meaning into my life? When I light those candles on my focus every night, why do I do that? I don't do it just because it's a habit. I do it because it's meaningful to me. And the things that I say at that moment are moving to me, even though I say them every night. Mm -hmm. And if that starts to get really dry or routine such that I lose the magic of it, magic in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's time for me to make some changes. It's time for me to figure out how can I make this practice feel like I'm pushing the edge again? Right. Yeah. So why don't we talk about a few things that, that people might consider after sitting down and really thinking about what it is that they want to achieve with their practice and last week we were talking quite a bit about the wheel of the year and that's a great place to start right with a with a seasonal a seasonal regional approach but what about a weekly or daily kind of practice yeah the thing about the wheel of the year is that it happens pretty slowly and so and it can take you a year of observing what's happening in nature around you at every given station of the wheel of the year in order to get a good grip on here's what I'm going to celebrate as we go around, right? A year or more, maybe more cycles than that. 
But what you can do immediately is you can start doing a weekly practice or a daily practice. Or if you like, you can follow the moon cycles and do like a monthly practice. Or all of those, right? Or or all of those. I mean, if you're really gung-ho and you want to do lots of ritual practices, then, you know, by all means, it's, it's available to you and you're free to do it and there's nothing wrong with it. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a daily practice, what I think about is what's going to help me feel better connected. Mm-hmm. You know, what I really want is to feel like I'm connected to nature and to this vast cosmos that gave rise to us. I want to, I want to acknowledge that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do. That's what I do. And I also want to acknowledge what has gone before because I feel like, you know, if what had gone before hadn't gone before, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. So or there's... the tiniest, tiniest little difference and you wouldn't be here. And yes, it's so many places. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there are, there are so many reasons why. I mean, Many of us, if not all of us practicing this path, have a lot of data in our heads about evolution and fossils and the progression of animal development over time, you know, and maybe further back, further back into, you know, the earliest microorganisms, all that understanding of evolution and the development of the planet and the development of the sun and all those things. How do I make that personal to me in this moment? Mm-hmm. Because yes, it's history, but it's still going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the, the burning of the sun is happening right now. The evolution of the earth is happening right now. And I am a piece of it. Right. So Thinking about how you can develop a practice that acknowledges that somehow is something that's really valuable. And I can't understate the significance of lighting candles. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems it seems very ordinary because, you know, every church you go to, they light candles. Well, why do they do that? There's a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. There is a reason for it. And the reasons, to my mind, are threefold. The first is, there is a magic to creating fire out of nothing. Mm -hmm. You got this match, you got this candle. They're both these cold, inanimate objects. But then suddenly, there's fire. And that creates light and heat. It's, It's a... It's an inherently mysterious and incredible experience for us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first piece. The second piece is that we resonate psychologically to low light conditions, especially flickering low light conditions. This is why every bar you go into has low light conditions. Every dance club you go into has low light conditions because they understand that people will feel more free and liberated if they don't feel like they're being stared at. Mm -hmm. And bright light makes them feel like they're being stared at. So those are two of the big pieces. And then the third is that there's something about the ignition fire on a focus or altar of symbolic objects that feels like bringing it to life Mm -hmm. and that sounds very woo and okay (laughs) Uh, but it feels like bringing it to life it feels like okay these were these were sedentary inanimate objects sitting on a shelf but now there is a living process happening in the middle of them, right? Mm -hmm. That is shedding light and heat and is also making all of those objects somehow engaged in an active process. Mm 
And I think that all three of those things together really contribute to a personal practice, to a daily practice. And there's something very significant about taking that moment, you know, listening to your deeper longing and saying, okay, you know, we're doing our evening thing. There's kids, there's, there's movies to watch, there's dinner, there's all that kind of stuff, but I need 15 minutes to myself. I'm going to light these candles and I'm going to sit in near darkness and I'm going to contemplate the fact that I'm alive. Mm. I'm alive and I'm here and it's rare and it's special and it's unique. There will never be another person and never be another organism like me. Mm -hmm. I'm this unique manifestation of the universe living a life, a temporary small life. And I'm going to seize this 15 minutes to really get that. Mm. That's what I do with my daily practice. That That's that's the difference that it makes in my life. Mm. That's so beautiful. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. For us... I don't have 15 minutes yeah, <laughs> and that's, I hear it. and I mean, there are, there are moments where there are 15 minutes in the day, of course, but, but because I have young children that for me to get time to be alone means waking up at three in the morning. And that's what I do to work sometimes when I really need to concentrate, I get up at three in the morning and that's, that's what does it. But we've, have a little bit of a different approach for the daily practice. We have a, a morning and an evening, and it's something that brings the kids into it that they have as well. And I find that with, and then I have a lot of little things that I do throughout the day as well, but these are the big, the core, and really the morning practice is the main one. It's the first thing that we do. And it really sets this, the tone for the rest of the day. So we go and if it's the summer, we'll actually go outside. And then in the winter, we don't go outside for this because it's too, way, way too cold because we live in a, a climate that gets very cold, below freezing in the mornings. So, But we'll go to the window and we have a little wooden um, sign that we painted together with just some little kind of morning affirmations that we that we came up with together that talk about some of the things like remembering that, you know, that we can control how, how our thoughts make us feel and kind of some things like that, that are important to us. But we start with saying good morning to the sun and just taking a moment to breathe together, three deep breaths, breathing together, looking at the sun, saying good morning to it. And, and I'm very pleased the kids have noticed how each day or over time, not each day, but over time, where the sun is when we do it has changed, right? They're noticing that, oh, the sun is over here now, but it used to be over there when it was rising. Mm -hmm. And that there are some, we always talk about, you know, what are some things that we're grateful for and, you know, what are the kinds of challenges that might come that we might face today and how, you know, how can we address overcoming that? Right. If if the day is that planning is that we're going to go to grandma's house, but then the tires flat and we can't go to grandma's house, you know, we kind of practice ahead of time, like, oh, how are we going to prepare for that? And that helps that when it does, most of the time, the bad stuff doesn't happen. Right. But when it does, you can go, oh, we talked about this. Right. And then talk about what it is that we're going to focus on in ourselves, practice in ourselves. And, you know, it takes three, four minutes and it completely changes the day. And then, well, and it can, and it completely changes your kids. Yeah, doing that raises them to be very different people than if you hadn't done that. Mm. I mean, that's yeah. that's well, really significant. Yeah. Well, I think everything that we do, and it, I we have there's too much pressure on parents already, but everything that we do, every choice that we're making, is influencing their foundation for the world and how they understand the world. And That's this right. moment, there, there's this 
this thing that we do in our culture sometimes is that like childhood doesn't count somehow, right? Oh, it's just preparing for real life, right? I remember being at being in school and it was always about preparing to be in middle school and then it was preparing to be in high school and then preparing to be in college and then preparing to be in the world. And it felt so strange and empty after getting out of school. It was like, well, is this supposed now to be what? the real life, right? Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. This is the moment. This is the only moment that we have. Maybe we're lucky enough that there will be that we will get to be here in five years or ten years, but we don't know if we are. That's right. I hope so. Much, I I really, really hope, and am doing everything I can to try and make sure that my kids will be here in twenty years, but they might not. We might all die in a car crash tomorrow, right? So, what we do today matters so much because it is the only moment that we actually have. Yes. Right. So our, our practice is really about trying to to be really present and intentional. Mm -hmm. Because you know, we we as you were saying, we're this special rare being that is just for a moment, just the tiniest moment. So what so what can I do to feel to be aware of that? Right. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the day practice that we do is is very similar. We have another little piece of art that we made and and over time we'll probably change out what that piece of art is, but it has another little thing that we that we read together. And then we talk about the things that we saw during the day, the things that we observed mm -hmm. and felt. So have a little like release ritual where we can release the okay, the day's done, what happened happened. Right. I can't change what happened. I can mm -hmm. let go of that, but I can think about how I'm going to do it differently in the future. But now it's time to rest and to let be what is. And so those are really the very first thing we do when we get up. Well, when they get up and the very first thing that we do in, when we go to sleep. Now, as an adult, I steal moments out of the day. And most of my, my personal that isn't with the, the kids practice actually is in the bathroom because that's the only place that I can lock the door, right. right? So I think that there's moments in our lives when we're trying to build in habits and practices that are place, things that we're already doing. I'm sure there's some term for it, but a habit that you have, like every day you do certain things. At least every day you go to the bathroom multiple times a day, but most people probably have a, a routine when they get out of a bed. Yeah, yeah, you do this and then you go and you if you if you're a coffee drinker first thing you do is you turn the you the water on for your coffee or something like that and that's a moment there's a lot of power in those because you can add something in there mm -hmm. that's where you can add in a moment of oh i'm going to take a moment and ground right while my coffee mm -hmm. is brewing i'm going to ground every day Right. And you can slip that in and you can find places. It's going to be different for everyone. I don't do a lot of commuting any now, any, any more now. But when I did, I had a thing when I got into my car and I put the keys in the ignition. That was a, that was my cue to, okay, what is the, I'd have a little ritual that I would do that would just remind me to be present and, and set intention and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So. So that's where we are right now. And of course, as life changes, those practices change. But, you know, it's, people can find in their own lives what they're, what do they want to do? What's the intention that they have and and how to do that? Sure. And so, one of the sure. things that's great about this path and living it in a family is that you can go to you know, you, you can go to your kids at 10 and say, well, we're going to keep doing the, the morning thing that we do, but, you know, you can have your own practice now too. You can have your own daily practice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm happy to help you with ideas about that, but it's yours and it can be whatever you want it to be. So that as people are being developed and launched into adulthood, they're doing that with not only a really strong sense of connectedness and of family support and of all those things, but also 
of of personal empowerment mm -hmm. to make choices about what happens with them psychologically one of the things that i find really a little shocking about the the christian overculture is that because it puts everything in the hands of its god we aren't taught anything about the ritual tools that would help us to be happier, less paranoid, less hostile, more joyous, mm -hmm. more, more creative. And, and ritual skills will do all those things for you. Right. That's, that's a lot of what the Ethiopian path is about, is about unlocking your capacity as an individual to express those things in your unique way, which is unlike anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's part of what we're trying to do with the practice. So we've just given some ideas for just shared some of our own ideas for daily practices, but that there's also the opportunity for other time frames right? A weekly practice, or as we talked about, a, a monthly, so a lunar and then seasonal. So are there, there are any things that you practice on a weekly basis? Well, uh, I want to step back for a second, mm -hmm. because I really want to appreciate the conscientiousness and the care that you bring to raising your kids in this tradition. I, I think, I, I mean, I just, I really want to honor your 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 carefulness about wanting your kids to have an experience that really unfolds them and i i just i just think that's really great so i wanted to say so yoko no well thank you well we're we're really grateful to have an amazing community to be part of in all of that right yeah me too me so. too. I'm psyched about it. Yeah. So, yes, there are alternatives. If you, one of the things that's really important to get about all of this, and we probably should have said it a long time before, is none of this is obligatory. Right. Right? There's no guilt trip about missing a day in your daily practice or missing two weeks in your daily practice. There's no... The point is to help you be happier and more actualized, right? If, if life gets in the way, well, life got in the way. Yep. And when the time rolls around again, when you feel comfortable restarting, you there, you, there are no apologies to be made. There's, there's no shame. Just go back to it. Start it again. Yep. That's all fine. And the same thing is true if a daily practice isn't right for you, well, then maybe you want to do something once a week. Right. I mean, the Christians have their Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot and of religions have. Jews have yeah. their Friday into Saturday. There's, yes, there are a lot of religions that have a day that is very special for them. Well, you can declare one if you want. Right. Or, or you can declare an hour one day a week mm -hmm. when you're going to do your stuff right your, your ritual things that help you to feel connected and feel, filled with the enormity of yourself and of the universe mm -hmm. is the way that i would say that so don't worry about all that find a cadence that works for you and maybe if you work 60 hours a week and have three kids Maybe that's not very often. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to celebrate the full moons and the wheel of the year Sabbaths. And that's all I can manage. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to add a daily thing in that when I wash my face in the morning, I'm going to take 60 seconds extra yeah. to do something. Yeah. Right. And I think now might be a good place to put in a reminder that a practice is something that one practices. It may not be easy in the beginning. Right. 
right? Just because you decide, oh, yes, I'm going to do this every day doesn't mean you're going to remember every day. But the more times you do, the more times you do it, the better you get at the skill. But it is it is a skill, right? So if it's something that really is important to you and it's something that you choose to, to work on, then that's something that over time you'll be able to develop. But you don't have to beat yourself up if it doesn't come naturally in the beginning. I don't know who it would come natural for. Yeah, right? I, I, I don't either. And one of the reasons why we call it a practice is because you have to practice, right? It's it's not an action. It's not a thing that you do and then it's done. It's not a destination. It's a practice, which means it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. And the day when you feel really angry and fucked up and unable to deal with anything <laughs> is as good a day for your practice as any other day, because that's as true humanly as anything else. Or perhaps even more important that day than other days too. Maybe, maybe right? so. Maybe that is really the day that that you need to, that you do need the time in front of the candle or the breathing or whatever it is that you Yeah, do. yeah. Right? Because... You know, if the world has really beat on you hard in a given day, you know, maybe you need to gather yourself back together and remember your reasons for self-esteem. Remember your reasons why you're doing what you're doing. And remember that no matter what has happened out there in the world, people don't see you for the entirety of who you are. Mm-hmm. They can't. Even if they know you for years, they can't. But if they don't, or if they only see you in really constrained situations like a professional office or something like that, they cannot know the enormity of who you are. And you need to you need to hold the reality of that in yourself, even if they don't. Right. Even if they aren't reflecting back to you how glorious you are, you still are, (laughs) is what I want to say to you. Yes. Humans are magnificent, and you're one of them. Yeah. So, yes, you can do a lunar cycle. That's not something that has appealed to me so much, although I love the moon. I'm always aware of what cycle the moon is in. I always go out and look at the full moon because I just love it. And I'll put out some water in the moonlight to turn into moon water that I can pour on my altar and stuff like that. I have some incredible water that I just got. We had this torrential rainstorm. Mm Mm-hmm. Something like four and a half, five inches of rain, torrential rainstorm. And then it cleared off and the full moon rose. This was on January Uh, 6th. Wow. And so I have storm moon water. (laughs) I I this is water that fell from the sky during the storm that I gathered and then sat out in the moonlight overnight. Mm. And I'm saving that for special rituals. And yes, of course. That's all imaginary, but it's still really cool, right? Yeah. Right. It's not that if you gave the water to me without telling me that it would suddenly do something different when I used it than if I used any other water, but because you have that memory and that association with it, that it something's triggered in you when you look at it and use it and feel it. Right. I mean, I will be saving this for our Samhain ritual, our Hallows ritual, coming up in the beginning of November, because part of what we do then is pour water onto the dry ground to call the rain back. Mm -hmm. That's a part of the symbolic action that we do during that ritual. And so I brought a big storm with (laughs) lots (laughs) of rain. Come back, all of it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So... You can do a monthly practice, a a lunar practice. Some people are really connected with and motivated by the moon. I I don't have that as much, but that's great. 
-hmm. You know, if you feel that sort of connection with the lunar cycle, then by all means, orient your personal practice around that cycle. You can do something at the new moon. You can do something at the full moon. If you want to, you can do them at the quarters as well. That gives you a weekly practice every nice. seven days. So I, I think what we're basically saying here is craft the practice that really works for who you are. Right. And that leads me, oh, go ahead. Oh, please continue. Well, that leads me to talking about, well, what happens when you have this practice and you've been doing it for five years and it's starting to feel really like you're phoning it in? And to me, since spirituality is about growth, mm -hmm. it's not only about connection and sense of connectedness, it's about growth. And so I think there are things you can do with your practice to push the edge. And they can be everything from, I've had a solitary practice for a long time. I'm going to invite somebody else into that. Mm -hmm. Someone who I trust, someone who I'm connected with. I'm going to show this part of my life to them and see if they'll join me in participating in these kinds of activities. That's a big risk. But it's also something that presents an opportunity for relationship building that could be really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I've got others, but Yucca, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I was going to say something. Oh, it's fine. That's the way conversations go, right? So I think, I mean, the the keeping, having a little bit of the the new and the growth and the the novelty the that in, I think that's one of the ways that keeps us present too, because when it's just the same, we don't notice as much. It is amazing how much we can drop into routine mode. Yeah. I mean, driving to work, if you do it every day, you can't remember the drive. Yeah. Did you did you stop at that stop sign? You must. Probably. I assume did you even I go did. through you had to have gone through the stop sign, right? Because it was back there. Yeah. Yeah. It is astounding how much our brains will skip over stuff that seems repetitive, which is why when we travel or take vacations or do creative things, we're really engaged and have very powerful memories because it's all new. Right. We remember the novelty. So if your practice is starting to feel routine and drab, it's time to take a step. It's, it's time to do something new. Right. And we're not saying get rid of the stuff that's working, mm -mm. right? Because if there's something, if you have something where, you know, every single evening before you go to, or whatever, and it, it, it fills a function for you, then, then keep that up. But what is it, what can you add or what can you shift? What can you change a little bit that might make it work better for you and looking at what is it that you want too, because sometimes just making any change might not be the change that that is going to help you in that moment. Right. Right. And there are, there are changes that you can make that are internal changes. There are changes that you can make that are sort of outward facing changes, like inviting someone else or a, a, a community of people into participating in your celebrations of the Sabbaths or whatever it is. There are internal things that you can do too, like, okay, I'm going to take up a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And that can be very hard for a lot of us. I have ADHD. I'm terrible at meditating, <laughs> really bad at it. My mind is just all over the place. And I understand that at some level, that's a deep Buddhistic failing, <laughs> but... Honestly, I just, 
I don't do very well with it. I do great with sitting out in nature and observing things mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, bird, oh, squirrel, oh, you know, I'm, oh, waving trees in the wind. I'm I'm constantly stimulated by different things that are drawing my attention. But if it comes down to just closing my eyes and trying to have an internal experience, I'm not very good at that. But a lot of people are, and it gives them a lot of feed. It gives them a lot of benefit Mm -hmm. from a psychological and spiritual standpoint. So maybe that's the thing that you want to do. Maybe you need some kind of experience that's going to shake you up spiritually. And that could be everything from going skydiving to taking a hallucinogen, mm-hmm. any, you know, some sort of intense experience that just makes you rethink things, mm-hmm. gives you a new perspective. Right. And as we were saying before, that if things start, if you feel like you've fallen off that wagon it's okay right you could just it's not gone the wagon's waiting waiting for you right you can get back up because you are the wagon we're just going to play with the metaphors there so it (laughs) well i was going to say the metaphor that i usually use for people's like new year's resolutions or you know declarations i'm never going to do this again or i'm always going to do this again these very black and white sort of declarations. It's sort of like the overculture's idea of virginity, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, when it's gone, it's gone. It's gone forever. Well, that's bullshit. It's entirely <laughs> invented. It yeah. has nothing to do with reality. The truth is that if you decide you're going to stop smoking pot and you do that for six months and then you smoke pot, well, all you got to do is not do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's not like it's it's all over. Yeah, now, you right? you haven't ruined anything. You've just backslid. And there's probably a reason for that that you should interrogate because it'll tell you more about yourself. But just just do it again tomorrow. Just yeah. just keep going. Right. You know, it's like perfection is not the standard. Mm-hmm. The but standard. That- that reflection oh, that you mentioned that's that's really important though right looking at well why did it why did it happen today right right, right. and is that something that i can prepare myself for in the future right if if a similar situation comes up in the future what can i do instead or what can i do to not be in that position or you know that 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 right. can all or, be incorporated in yeah or can I just forgive myself because my mom died mm-hmm. and yeah. it, was, it was pretty damned intense. And I just went back to the chemical crutch that was most convenient for me, but my mom's only going to die once. So yeah. it's not like I'm creating excuses <laughs> to keep doing this again and again. This was a really serious, intense experience for me. And, and I, I fell back on my habits there's no shame there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's no, there's no guilt trip and, you know, self-flagellation thing that's necessary there. There's just understanding. Okay. <laughs> that's why I did that. Now tomorrow I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Or for the rest of the evening. Sure. Right. You know, that's just, that's <laughs> one that, uh, that can be a little bit tricky when it, whenever it's something like that, like, Oh, well, I'll just do it for the rest of the day. Right. When you're trying to change dietary habits or substance habits, well, it's like, well, I had one bite of the thing. I might as well, you know, I I had that, that cookie. Yeah. I might as well just order the pizza and while I'm at it, get the lava (laughs) cake and I'll have that Coke too. Yeah. (laughs) So this one just, that's just be careful about that because, you know, you, getting back on the horse you, you can always get back on the horse just get back as soon as you can right but yeah. yeah yeah and and i think in the broader sense it bears saying that our path really doesn't endorse the idea of self-punishment 
as the means to growth. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the guilt, the shame, the self-flagellation, all that stuff. None of that is beneficial. That's just really a nasty model for how people's behavior modifies. That's and, how you get obedience. That's not how you get growth. Right. Right. And even right. then you only get obedience when you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly so. Yeah. And we're not about obedience. We're we're about you being you. And that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it, right? <laughs> well, you. and and happy and part of, you know, this larger context of a you know, healthy and joyous society, part of this incredible planet that against all odds exists at this moment in time. Right, right. Yeah, so all that said, this sort of big picture stuff, yes, you can do those less frequent practices and you can also shake up your existing practice with something that'll shake it up and and that is i mean really that is down to you what what will shake it up for you will going to a dance club and dancing with other people around is is that the big hurdle to get over mm -hmm. or is it cooking a meal and inviting people to come in and all of them can experience your cooking mm -hmm. it's like there there are lots and lots of different ways that it can be or letting um, yourself do something that is just about you. Yes. Right? Yes. That yes, you are going to get that massage or you are just going to hang out and turn everything off and be by yourself for a couple of hours or go right. on that hike or whatever it is that for you is the thing. Right. right. Yeah. Or broaching that subject with your partner about that thing that you want sexually that you've never talked about, mm -hmm. right? Because it's about owning more of yourself, right? It's like, mm -hmm. this is me. I'm okay with me. I'm going to present me to the dearest person in my world. And we'll see what happens. Just think that if you're if your orientation is towards growing and getting bigger and more complex and more interesting and more creative throughout the course of your life, then these things will occur to you. Mm -hmm. There are scores of other possibilities that Yucca and I have not described in this podcast that would work perfectly for shaking up your practice and, you know, bringing that sense of adventure into your life a little more. But the point is to be willing to do it. And it takes some guts. Yeah. So maybe you have to sit for a while in your personal practice. Okay, here I am. I'm sitting with the candles and I'm thinking, well, what I would really like is this. And then there's this cascade in your mind of, oh, but I can't have that because blah, 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 blah. Well, some of those things may be true, but you can still assert what you want in the world, mm -hmm. right? You can still do unexpected, you know, go on a road trip. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know, you've been married for 25 years and the kids are all grown and stuff. And it's like, you know what? I want a vacation by myself. <laughs> and it's no insult to you. It's not anything about you. It's just, I want to go on a road trip. So get on the road. Go do that. And maybe it's only two, three days long. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge production. But just getting yourself out and feeling like, wow, here I am behind the wheel. And I can go anywhere I want. And it's not a problem for anybody else. I can just go there. Mm -hmm. And when I'm tired of driving, I can stop and I can find a motel or a campsite. Yeah. That's a great feeling. It's an incredible feeling. It's very freeing. And 
I think there are a lot of people out there that could really do with that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, there's a lot more things to brainstorm, but I think that's a good place for us to pause and, and leave it to all of you to brainstorm what sort of things those might be for you. And if that's what, where you're at with your practice. So for sure, for sure. And more than anything else, I think, you know, the takeaway from this is a personal practice is a means to your personal growth. Mm -hmm. So have one, you know, yeah. figure out, figure out something that feels like it feeds you in that way. And uh, there's lots of materials out there. There's a bunch of stuff at atheopaganism.com about starting a practice. Ultimately, it's down to you. It's down to what you want. Mm -hmm. And what we want for you is what is most engaging and actualizing and happiness fomenting and all that, because that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be back next week with a holiday episode. Yes, a holiday episode. So. Woohoo! Hard to believe it's rolled around already, but here we are. Yep. Here we are. All right. Thank you so much, Yucca. Thank you, everybody.